This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Monday, February 24th, 2020. On this day in 2015, authorities raided Dell's Maraschino Cherries factory in Brooklyn, New York. They came looking for potential environmental violations. What they found instead was a hidden drug empire. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the raid on Arthur Mandela's Maraschino Cherry Factory in Red Hook, Brooklyn. The unexpected discovery of a massive growing operation shocked Mandela's family and, ultimately, resulted in tragedy. Let's go back to the Dell Cherry Factory on Dykeman Street on February 24th, 2015, a few hours into the workday. It started with the bees. In 2010, the bees of Red Hook turned an alarming shade of red, staining their hives and rendering their honey the color of cough syrup. Red dye number 40, to be exact. After a bit of detective work, the local hive masters determined that their buzzing charges must be getting sloshed at the local maraschino cherry factory, somehow able to drink their weight in cardinal corn syrup instead of natural nectar. Now, this wouldn't have been such an issue. The red honey was actually kind of pretty, a bit of a novelty, but it tasted terrible, sickly sweet with a metallic undertone. After losing an entire honey crop to the red menace, the beekeepers called upon the cherry man to take action. Arthur Mandela, for his part, was receptive to their pleas, he quickly consulted with the New York City Beekeepers Association for a solution. Mandela made the necessary adjustments to keep the bees away from any cherry runoff, and the local hives returned to their normal amber hue. And that should have been the end of it. But even though the bees could no longer get in the factory, that didn't mean Arthur Mandela had completely solved his runoff problem. Locals filed complaints that the cherry factory's red-stained waste was polluting the sewer drains. Mandela was accused of illegally dumping toxic substances. Over the next few years, the Department of Environmental Protection and the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office quietly looked into the matter. And on February 24, 2015, they raided the factory with the help of the NYPD. About two dozen investigators combed the premises, taking notes and asking Mandela questions about his manufacturing processes. 
According to an article written by journalist Ian Frazier for The New Yorker, the maraschino mogul was visibly flustered by the surprise search. He became more agitated the longer it went on. An investigator said that Mandela actively tried to corral them in the processing part of the building, attempting to keep the search away from the building's garage. But their warrant entitled them to inspect the entirety of the premises as defined by the building's blueprint. Mandela wouldn't deter them. Once they entered the garage, it was clear why he'd tried to keep them out. Inside the factory, the sickly sweet syrup had masked the odor, but now the investigators were met with an undeniable skunky aroma. The garage reeked of marijuana. When investigators followed the smell, they discovered a false wall behind a set of shelves. But this presented a bit of a legal gray area. This hidden area wasn't technically part of the search warrant, because no one knew it existed. They weren't sure that they could legally enter. While the investigators discussed their next steps and called for an amended warrant, Arthur Mandela excused himself to the bathroom. He locked the door and he stayed there. The investigators tried to negotiate with Mandela and coax him out, but he wouldn't budge, becoming increasingly upset. After some time, he asked the authorities to bring his sister to the factory. When Joanna arrived, Mandela still refused to come out. He talked to her through the locked door. He said only five words to her, take care of my kids. Then he shot himself in the head. Coming up, the fallout of the tragic Cherry Factory raid. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. On February 24, 2015, the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office and the Department of Environmental Protection raided Dell's Maraschino Cherries factory in Red Hook, Brooklyn. They executed the search under suspicion of environmental waste violations. In the process, they uncovered Arthur Mandela's secret grow house. There are conflicting reports about whether or not the Brooklyn DA knew about the marijuana operation before they raided the factory. Some articles alleged that the waste dumping allegations were a cover to enter the premises, and finding drugs was the real goal all along. Accusations of the factory's pot cultivation went back several years. In 2010, shortly after the Red Honey Affair, a postal worker allegedly alerted authorities about his suspicions. Some neighbors around the factory reported smelling marijuana amid the cherry aroma. But the police apparently investigated and nothing came of it. Then in 2013, 
Kenneth Thompson was elected into the Brooklyn DA's office. Cracking down on environmental infractions was at the top of his agenda. So when he looked through old files of complaints, he honed in on crimes against the environment. Thompson didn't care that Arthur Mondella was accused of growing marijuana at his cherry factory. He cared that he was accused of illegally dumping toxic runoff in the sewer system. All of the warrants associated with the February 24th raid pertained to environmental crimes. There weren't any agents present from the Drug Enforcement Agency. Therefore, it's likely that Thompson and the assembled Department of Environmental Protection agents had no idea what they were walking into that day. Behind the false wall, investigators found a ladder it led them down to a 2,500-square-foot basement. Journalist Vivian Yi described their discovery for the New York Times, writing, The underground complex included an office, a large grow room, a storage area, a freezer for the harvested plants, and an elevator. A network of 120 high-end growing lamps shined on the plants with intensities that varied depending on each plant's size. An irrigation system watered them. Investigators recovered about 60 types of marijuana seeds. Officers also found 100 pounds of harvested bud and nearly $30,000 in cash. This was a massive, sophisticated operation, the likes of which the NYPD had never even seen before. And apparently, no one had any idea it existed. Sure, some employees had caught a whiff of the plant's signature smell over the years, but even they were shocked by the scale of the grow house. They assumed their boss just liked to spark up every now and again. In the face of exposure, 57-year-old Arthur Mondella did the unthinkable. He locked himself in the bathroom and took his life. This was an astounding reaction given the legal consequences he likely would have faced. Journalist Ian Frazier speculated that Mondella could have gone to jail for two or three years. More likely, he would have received probation. After his death, the Cherry Factory faced charges of criminal possession of marijuana and violation of wastewater dumping laws. His family, who took over the company operations, negotiated a plea deal in exchange for a $1.2 million fine. Mandela's daughters, Dana and Dominique, assumed the mantle of their father's cherry business, now the fourth generation to oversee production. Just like everyone else in Mandela's life, they had no idea he was secretly a marijuana grow lord. Dominique said, My father was a funny man and that he didn't share much. That was just the way he was. We've come to find out only after his death what a pioneer he was in this business. Perhaps the only thing more shocking than that revelation was the manner of his death. And the Mandela family believed that Arthur's tragic end could have been prevented if the NYPD had handled the situation differently. In 2016, Dana and Dominique filed a lawsuit against New York City for their father's wrongful death. 
they believed, like others, that the search for environmental infractions was an elaborate ruse to gain entry to the cherry factory. Really, the police were searching for drugs all along. But the suit was ultimately dismissed. A judge ruled that because he was never detained into police custody, the officers had no obligation to search his person. There was no way for them to anticipate that Arthur Mandela would take his own life. Today, his surviving family is left with more questions than answers. Michael Farkas, the family's lawyer, lamented, no one seems to have had any clue that this was going on, and there certainly didn't seem to be any strange or traumatic circumstances that would have explained this. We were unaware of any major problems in Arthur's life. Somebody knows, but we're all waiting for answers here. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories about the hidden world of drug crimes, check out ParCast original, Kingpins. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Abigail Cannon, with writing assistance by Nora Battelle. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Vanessa Richardson